Sorry. Hello, and thank you all so much for coming out to another episode of the Bottom Line That Matters podcast with Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rosatello. And we are your business experts coming to you today with all sorts of amazing information that is going to surely help you grow your business. Today's topic is all about exit planning. A lot of us, when we get into business, we think, yeah, it's a great opportunity. It's a great um, idea. And some of us are already looking at what our end game is, what our exit plan is. And so when we look at an exit plan, when we look at what we need to do for uh, leaving our business in whatever way we have that happen, it becomes really important for us to think what it is that we're going to do. So, Danny, I'm going to hand it off to you. Why don't you introduce the idea a little bit so that way sure. our listeners know what it is that we're talking about, what's really some of the important things, and Patricia and I will chime in. Sure, yeah, definitely. Um, this is something that I'm really passionate about with small business owners. Uh, anyone out there who's ever read any of Robert Kiyosaki's books, um, he talks a lot about uh, before you get into any kind of investment, make sure that you have your exit plan already in place before you even make the investment. So th there's a lot of wisdom in, in having that kind of a mentality as you go to any kind of an investment, whether you're investing in stocks, if you're investing in real estate, especially if you're investing in business. The best time that you can plan the end of your business is also at the same time you're planning the beginning of your business. Now, every business owner should have an ending plan in mind. And what I find when I talk with a lot of business owners is it's something that they leave to the end, but it's kind of like human nature, right? How many of you have already planned, uh, have your burial plot already figured out? And how many people have their will and everything already set up? We know the statistics are really low, right? And the same is true with your business. So a lot of business owners tend to wait until the very end when they finally say, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm getting really tired. Uh, this, this business is wearing down on me. I think I'd like to sell before the end of this year. <laughs> it's just not going to happen that way. It takes planning. It takes time. So the smart business owner will begin to make those plans from the very, very beginning to figure out how are you going to get out of this business? Now, Jennifer, Patricia, I know you've got some ideas on how a business owner can step away from the business. And what I like to talk about is who is going to take over the business when you decide it's time to leave. But let's talk about how do you get out of a business first? Anyone want to take that topic? Yeah, I'll chime in if uh, that's okay. And first thing, you know, as you were talking, a major quote comes to mind, failing to plan is planning to uh, fail. And it really is true because so many business owners, when they start thinking about what it is that they're doing, they don't look, you know, to everything else. We talked about last time, a business plan. You know, it's really important as you're creating whatever plans you're doing to really look at what it is that you're going to be doing in terms of the day to day and when you ultimately want to leave. In my business, you know, when I started my payment processing business, I knew exactly where I wanted to be in my business plan. I also knew that at some point I was hoping to be acquired. That was my exit plan that I had created.
created back in 2005 when I started my payment processing business. So from that perspective, it really became important to focus on what do I need to do to increase my revenue when I wanted to sell. You know, one of the key things that in the payment processing business, as an example, I'll use that because that's what I was just talking about. Um, one of the key metrics that a lot of buyers look at is how many merchants you have. They assign an arbitrary attrition rate to your customer list. They say, all right, you have a thousand customers and we're going to assign a 13% attrition rate year over year. And that's what we're going to pay one. Now, what I did in my business was I kept my attrition rate way, way, way below industry norms. I was under 1% attrition rate year over year when the industry norm is between 16 to 19%. That was a pretty significant uh, coup on my part, you know, not to tap my own shoulder, but yeah. I will. That's um, a very attractive business to an investor. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but what I was looking at though, was I was saying, look, I'm going to even take small merchants, you know, merchants that may be only producing five, $10 a month in residual volume because the value is someone was going to assign that, let's just say 13, 15, 16% attrition. The more merchants I have, the more I'm going to count at the end when they want to do that expected churn. So if I'm looking at it from that perspective, that was what I needed to do. Now, in terms of what everybody else is looking at in your business, there's a couple of things that you really want to be focused on. You want to be focused on what kind of arrangements do you have right now, right? Are you a sole proprietor? Are you a family business? Are you a partnership? Are you a corporation with shareholders and, you know, a long level of people that can potentially take over for you in your business? And Patricia, you'll definitely be in a much better position to talk about the distinctions that all of these layers have. But, you know, one of the key things, and by the way, we spoke about it, I believe on a prior podcast, was having that board of directors, having that insurance person as an informal advisor in your business. Because when you can have that advisor that's there in the insurance side, they can talk with you about the buy plans and the buyouts and everything that your partners may need to do so that they can buy you out of your part of the business that they can take over if you want to leave. You can have all sorts of agreements in place that may ultimately end up saying, this is what's going to happen at the end. And by the way, for those of you that aren't thinking about leaving the business, have those agreements in place already, just in case, God forbid, you get struck by a bus and your partner needs to deal with the business and figure out how to move it out of the estate for them to take it over entirely. And, and this is so important, Jennifer. Yeah, I, I got to jump in here a little bit. This is so important to take your disability into account because you have a much greater possibility of becoming disabled in a partnership uh, in your business than you do dying. So if one of the partners becomes disabled and can't uphold their portion of the business, 
that has to be addressed. This is where, like you mentioned, Jennifer, your insurance agent, your lawyer needs to be involved. Your accountant needs to know what those plans are to make sure that you can still continue to fund and support the business, even though you are disabled. And I, I don't know what the statistics are. I've, I've seen them somewhere, um, but it is so much higher that you will become disabled at some point while you're managing your business. So much more, it's such a greater statistic than the possibility of dying. So make sure you're planning for both of those eventualities. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, you, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of passionate about it. <laughs> Patricia, why don't you jump in because you are the expert here on the corporate structures and everything that we look at. So why don't you tell our listeners what is really that really important thing that we need to be looking at? What is that we should be paying attention to in the beginning? So that yeah. way our listeners are going to know exactly what to do. Now, again, I have to um, add the disclaimer here. In no manner, shape, or form are we providing legal accounting, insurance, or other advice. Please speak with your professional um, advisor in whatever capacity that is for formal advice. We are offering you our business advice um, as informational use only. Absolutely, right. And I've found that a lot of times, even those professional advisors don't know enough about the whole encompassing picture to give you, yeah, I mean, they know their piece of the puzzle, but they aren't looking at the whole picture, sadly. Um, so I'm the business structure expert <laughs> of the bunch here. And it's absolutely vital that you get your business structure correct from the get-go because of this reason you know what happens if like Jen says you get hit by a bus or you're completely disabled right well unless you have your business structured right it's going to end up in probate and when it goes into probate they're going to dissolve everything your business Can we, for purposes of listeners that may not know what probate is, can you give us the explanation of what that means? Sure, sure. It is the legal process where your estate goes through court and they make sure all your taxes are paid and they make sure everything has been sold off and everything distributed to the proper heirs or beneficiaries. And, and it can take a while. State, right. And some states have a different name. Some of it goes through the orphan court. Some goes through the probate court. Some has the surrogate who's in charge of dealing with these issues. There's a lot of different names that are involved in terms of the process. But what Patricia is talking about here, that probate process is once someone passes and the will is being figured out by the courts uh, to make sure that everything is being set the way that the uh, deceased intended it to be. That's what Patricia means uh, with the probate, unless there is no will, in which case the state is going to come in and figure out what they want to do. Um, but again, talk with your advisor, uh, make sure you've got those pieces, but I'm sorry, Patricia, continue. <laughs> Right. That's to be all doom and gloom, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, it's something that we have to address. 
it's 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 a major risk in running your business you know that at some point you're going to die we all know that uh so we need to address how the business will be you know taken care of if we're not there pure and simple mm -hmm. and the way that most people set up their business it's you know it's going to be a mess to sort out uh the business itself will be really closed down until probate is done and in, depending on how complex it is it could take years uh for example my mother when she passed she had a very simple estate she had some real estate she had some money in a bank and that was it and it took well over a year for that to go wow yeah so you know if a person had a large estate you know properties holdings businesses it's going to be messy and it's going to take years to figure out so your business structure is absolutely vital in ensuring that your business can keep going even if you're not there you know so that your heirs can actually have a business uh your employees you know are still getting paid your vendors are still getting paid it's still running yeah and, and i mean that goes above and beyond the conversation about how do you you know work on the business and not in the in, you know and remove yourself from the business that's a slightly different conversation absolutely so Daniel, let me ask you, when we're looking at it from a leadership perspective, you know, leaders have to lead and leaders have to plan. So right. when you're counseling a business to help them work on that succession planning, that exit planning, what's going to happen when they decide to move out of the business voluntarily, involuntarily, what are you giving them the guidance on what are you guiding them to do and what are the if you will three primary things that somebody needs to really pay attention to as they're considering what it is that they're going to be doing here yeah thank you for bringing that up jennifer uh, this is so important when a business owner starts to think when reach that point and they think about the plan trying to decide, am I going to just close this business down? Do I want to try to sell it? Am I going to pass it on to the kids? Uh, whatever that exit strategy is going to be that they've come up with, it's very easy to turn to their lawyer, to their uh, to an insurance agent. And so they handle a lot of that financial and that legal structure of turning over the business to someone else. What oftentimes gets neglected is uh, the management team that is in your business, if you have a team, uh, the employees who are in your business, and if you're handing it over to, uh, if you're selling it to someone, or if you're handing it over to kids, the generation, are these people prepared to take over the business? So those are the three things to think about. And people in your business that you have to provide leadership to, and this gets very, very touchy. Because the moment you announce that you are selling the business or that someone else is going to turn, it opens your business up to some very consequences from the marketplace. 
it makes your customers nervous. It makes your vendors nervous. It uh, gives your competitors an opening to try to steal some of your market share a little bit if they can. So it can be very touchy and very dicey to announce that something is changing in the business. Yet you can't managers in the dark and you can't leave your employees in the dark about a change that's taking place. So those two pieces are very, very important. Those are some areas that I work with uh, business owners on when they are uh, preparing to change. And uh, those are some things I would caution you to think about very, very strongly, even on par speaking with your financial and your legal representatives uh, to try to change this over. Then when we start talking about who's the next person that's going to be coming in, Statistically speaking, we know that when an ownership takes place, an ownership change place in a business, there is a dip in operations and in market share while the new owner's speed, they start to climb back into the market a little bit. So the more you can prepare your successor to take over from a leadership perspective in the business, uh, meaning the management things, uh, taking of customers, um, all those kinds of things, as well as uh, having the business acumen in place, understanding how the business operates, those two things are very important in choosing the next success is going to be. And I'm sorry uh, if you're in a family-owned business, but I have to throw this out here and I have to say, not all the kids are created equal. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say that. There are going to be some kids that you might be looking at if you're thinking of uh, passing this off family business. Some of them are going to be stars and some of them, you might need to cut them a check and turn them loose. But these are some things that you need to think about. And so the, the consortium that I work with as we work on succession planning has that in mind, especially with business. When that ownership takes place, our goal is that you can still around the Thanksgiving dinner table and have a harmonious Thanksgiving dinner. Sounds good. So Patricia, let me ask you, as we're looking at creating what we need to do in the beginning, right? There's a whole bunch of different structures. If you were working with somebody today and they're looking at, they're listening to this podcast and Daniel is giving them the advice, hey, listen, we need to have this succession planning, this exit planning in our business set from the beginning. How would you counsel them in the beginning in terms of an organizational structure? If you can, you know, in like a minute, let's just say, because um, I know that we can definitely, you know, take a six hour window and explain what all the nuances are in terms of going this way, that way. But in a minute or so, what would be the best way that you would guide them in terms of, organizing their entity and if it means they need to think about one or two specific things as they're looking at that so that way they can come up with the idea of what makes more sense mm -hmm. and definitely have a conversation with you or their advisor in terms of making sure it is the right way as a result of those items what would you suggest would be those really important factors and or the best way for them to get set up so that why we can avoid this issue with probate, issue with all of that. Right, right. 
Well, I like to look at business structure using the metaphor of a house. Okay. So you've got a house and it's got four walls. And your business structure needs to have four walls as well. It needs to have a wall that addresses tax implications. It needs to have a wall that addresses legal aspects. It needs to have a wall that addresses management. And it needs to have a wall that addresses estate planning issues. Now, if you talk to your accountant or your CPA or your tax pro, they're gonna give you a structure that addresses some tax aspects. If you talk to your attorney, he might give you the same kind of structure. If you talk to your estate planner, they're gonna give you a different structure. If you talk to a management expert, they're gonna give you yet a different structure. So now we've got a house that's got four walls that are all kind of standing out randomly in a field. <laughs> we need to put them all together. How do you do that? So you need a team that knows how to address all of those aspects. I do happen to have a team like that, but <laughs> it, it, it has to address all of the aspects. Now you could pay your tax person and your, your uh, attorney and your management expert and your estate planner to all talk to each other and figure something out that's going to work for everybody. And you're going to pay a lot of money to do that because they don't come cheap and they're going to charge you for talking to each other. Uh, <laughs> or you could talk to my team. Thank you. So, Daniel, let me ask you, uh, parting words. If you were, and I hate to use the term in that way, but, um, you know, one last word for our podcast today. Last word would be, what are the people who are involved in the transaction during your exit planning? And I'm gonna ask you the same thing, Patricia. You need a team that understands uh, business structures, not just one aspect of it. Well, there you have it, folks. When you're looking at what it is that you are going to be doing in your business, what you really wanna be thinking about is, are you set up the right way? Are you talking with the right people? Do you have the right people on your team? And does everybody know what is going to be happening as we move on? Uh, so uh, for those of you that are listening, we want to thank you so much again for listening. We want to ask you, uh, podcast live and die on reviews, on likes, on engagement. So please leave us a review. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your uh sister's dog for all we care. Um, no, I'm kidding about that one, but tell your sister that we have uh, this amazing podcast that is really bringing so much value uh, to you in terms of uh, really helping you build and shape your business. Uh, Daniel, Patricia, and I are doing this as a service to all of you to really help you continue to grow your business. 
and we really appreciate your love, your uh, sharing. As I say, sharing is caring. Um, so please, you know, help all of your friends, even if it's your com uh, competition. There really is no such thing as direct competition. Uh, we're all in it together. So uh, please share. And till next time, I'm Jennifer Glass. Daniel McCrane. And Patricia Rezzatello. We are your business builders. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.